Dave Pryor. Welcome to The Reluctant Agilist. Today, I'm joined with two people, Jesse Sterenshus, who's been on the podcast a number of times, and I hope enough times that I actually pronounce your name right. You did such a good job. I'm, You're an expert I'm, of my I'm last trying. name. I'm, I'm always thinking about the first time when you told me, stare at your shoes. Um, and, and Leah James, and we're going to talk about a new product that you've created to help people get to know each other better, I guess. Is that the get yes. away from the small talk? To go exactly. a little deeper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all right, cool. Um, so before we talk about uh, the game, which is a game or card deck, whatever we're going to call it, um, which is called Together to Gather, right? Got that name right too. I'm doing our doing pretty good so far. Um, would you, Jesse? Would you mind introducing yourself to these folks in case they haven't listened to the other podcasts we've done? Sure. So I'm Jesse Starenshoes, like Dave said, and he said it so nicely. The expert of my last name. Uh, I run a company called The Improv Effect. I actually started it 15 years ago, which is insane to think about. And we help people using experiential exercises. And we do coaching and we do things like communication, collaboration, and innovation. And we do that both virtually and in person. Over cool. to you, Leah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I am Leah James and Jesse and I collaborate on a lot of projects. I have um, a business called And Human and we focus on anything human related. Um, so we help teams and leaders really expand upon the human experience. So building the, the strong teams, the uh, putting the right people in leadership positions and helping them learn how to collaborate, communicate, and um, build really creative spaces. Okay. So and, I, and I'm assuming this all involves them getting to know each other better as well. Absolutely. All right. And so that's the segue into the card deck or game, whatever we're going to call it. Exactly. So what is it? What is it, Leah? Well, I was going to see if you wanted to kick it off. <laughs> um, Together to Gather is a conversation card deck that helps people learn how to have meaningful conversation and connection with people. Um, it's designed to help people go a little bit below the surface or a lot below the surface, depending on how um, collaboratively creative you want to get with the game. Um, see, I just called it a game there, so that works. Um, but... Jesse and I designed it to solve some challenges that we've seen across teams and groups of people where um, people often talk at a very like surface level and it makes it really hard to build deeper relationships that allow people to work together in better scenarios. Okay. Um, we found that when you really understand a person or you understand someone else's experience and what's really going on that makes them make certain decisions or um, move through the world a certain way, Without that, it creates a lot of conflict and tension. Okay. Um, but if they can learn how to learn more about someone else or be curious about someone else's experience or perspective, it brings people a little bit closer together. Okay. So what did gonna... I miss there, Jesse? <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. So basically, when you get the card deck, you have a way of storytelling, right? So we have okay. prompts in there. And the different prompts prompt you to think about the narratives kind of in the journey of your life. And then okay. there's a second part of the deck that asks you to go deeper into that. So what was that like? What happened right before? Or who do you wish you experienced that with? Things like that. So okay. it teaches you how to go go deeper and think about it maybe in a different way and also get to know the person below the surface, like Leah was saying. So if I'm somebody who feels uncomfortable asking people personal questions or questions about themselves that would maybe help me have more empathy for them, this would help me work through that? Yeah. Or and, develop better and it skills goes, with it? Yes, it does. And, and, and it also like helps you learn how to ask follow-up questions that go deeper. So like what Jesse was saying, where there's two parts to it, um, a lot of conversation decks are just focused on that first initial question, which is huge mm -hmm. because it gets a conversation started. Our deck has a second set, like Jesse was saying, which actually allows you to play with like follow-up questions. Okay. So when someone shares a story, um, where do you go from there? What do you do with that information? Um, can you find comfort in asking even deeper questions. So it's a tool to facilitate those relationships and the ability to go deeper. 
Okay. So that comfort thing's really interesting to me because I often, I don't ask people a lot of personal questions usually until I know them pretty well, because, until I've worked with them a lot, I guess, because I feel like it might be invasive in some ways. And I am also somebody who, I mean, I live in New York and when I see somebody, if I respect them as a sign of respect, I don't ask them personal questions because they're busy and they have stuff to do. And so do I. And so I'm just like, where are we with the thing? But then I never really get to a point where I know anything about them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's maybe harder for me to see them as people that are acting out of a good place as opposed to like the bastard who's doing the thing to me all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's partly why Lee and I were creating this deck is to give people permission to okay. playfully a learn how to do that. Um, be make a space, create the space for this is what's going to happen within okay. this environment in this time. So we can see what it's like to do something like that and make it a safe place to try and to get comfortable with what that's like. And then once you see what happens, when people open up and you've made those connections, we hope that you'll continue to want to do that. And you see the benefit of mm-hmm. being curious, see the benefit of what kind of connections you're making from okay. going there and and getting deeper with somebody that you'll want to try it again. Okay. So I'm I'm thinking of three different things. One is if I'm somebody who's un, not, I don't know how to share. Or I don't think it's maybe appropriate because I'm at work and I'm a person that creates separation there. Mm-hmm. Or I'm somebody who doesn't know how to ask. Or the thing that I'm thinking about right now is all those conversations I have with coaches where whatever I say, they go, hmm, tell me more. And that's like all they have. That's the only trick in their bag. Um, and just that, hmm, I'm always like, oh, God, stop. Um, so this would this would get us past that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, the um... The interesting thing about what you said is that like that you're afraid of asking questions or it's mm-hmm. out of respect. Mm-hmm. So we often see like two sides to that. There are people who want to share their story, but aren't going to share unless they're asked. Mm-hmm. And there's people that um, won't ask because they don't feel like it's appropriate or polite to ask questions. And so then we never meet in the middle. We're always waiting for someone to ask us or invite us to join the conversation or we're always waiting for someone to share so that you can actually engage in conversation. Okay. And if we're on both sides of that, then we're never actually going to go deeper or get to know each other in really meaningful ways. And there's a lot of reasons why we sit on both sides of the fence with those, um, those blockers in conversation, cultural, um, age, uh, um, the way that we are raised in schools or society that we're, we're exposed to our team culture. Um, we have, you know, so many different barriers. But so the idea is that if we can use tools like this to help facilitate and bring people closer together and teach people that it is one, okay to ask questions. And two, it's also okay to say, I'm not comfortable answering that. And I'd like to move on. So that's another piece to this card deck is the way it's designed and the way that um, the rules are, are used is it also gives people agency to say, I only want to answer this question. I don't want to answer all five of these questions. Um, So there is a mechanism in there that also teaches that. So if you don't have the game with you or the the card deck with you, you still can facilitate those types of conversations and those relationships by learning the framework that Jesse and I put together. Okay. Now, how do you balance um, the questioning with the answering? And, And what I'm thinking of is there's people I know that I have conversations with them and and i think i have done this myself as like a self-defense mechanism i will ask them lots of questions just so i don't have to answer any we're all familiar with that 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 sounds like me (laughs) yeah uh yeah so the the game is set up so that everyone has to take a turn okay uh and gets used to what it feels like to be heard. Um, and often that may feel uncomfortable if you're the one used to always asking the questions to deflect. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, it is important to sit in the pocket of telling the story and feeling what it feels like to actually be heard. 
Okay. Um, it's a really important part of life to know that there are people around you that are willing to a hear you b go deeper and do probably what you have done for them okay. um, thousands of times if not them others right and and yeah practice playing a different role it's it's important okay even and if it, it's uncomfortable <laughs> and it creates a structure where it's like now is a place where it's okay to share it's okay to tell people yes. stuff yes because that's important too because we've all worked with those people who you'll say like how are you and you just really want to hear like okay and then they completely overshare and you're like oh god stop talking Yes, totally. So <laughs> it makes a space for everyone to be equal and have those equal dynamics. So okay. everybody practices doing both roles, if okay. you will. Yeah. Could we nice. try one out? Could we try it? Can we play it virtually? Um, Possibly. Hold on. Let me get okay. the deck and then yeah. Let's, yeah. Okay. let's see if we can figure out how to play virtually. One second. All right. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to talk about the game and we're going to talk about how to play it and we're going to try to play it virtually and see if this works. Um, so how do pe people have the deck, which they could get on the website, which we'll have the link to in the show notes. I'm not going to try to read it because it's kind of long. Um, they have the deck and how does the game work? So it is a two deck card, uh, card deck. Um, and now I'm like going back and forth between it's a card deck or a game. So, you know, I can't. That's what I said. I always. It's a floor wax and a dessert topic. <laughs> I always inter interchange the two. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's both. Um, yeah. So we have, we have two decks. We have okay. story starters. Okay. And then we have curiosity cards. Okay. Which is much bigger than the deck I'm going to show you. Okay. Um, so everybody who plays gets five curiosity cards or curious cards. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, everybody gets five curious cards and then the last person to draw their full hand of five, they pick the first story starter. Okay. So story starters are prompts that get the story started. So like this one that I just pulled is share a story about it, about a story. Yeah. Share a story about a story about rejection. Okay. Okay. So I would then be responsible for sharing anything I wanted. And in the instructions, we say, um, stay as surface level as you feel safe or deep as deep as you feel safe. I just said that yeah. twice, but there's some okay. in here that it makes sense. Um, go as surface or deep as you feel safe okay. and comfortable. Um, so I could be as silly or serious or really I could take this wherever I, I feel comfortable going. You get to it. choose what mm -hmm. you want to share and how deep you want to go. With. Exactly. Okay. And so... Um, so that I would tell a story and everybody who is playing is listening and um, holding space for my story. And then they're looking at their deck of five cards. And let's see, I have one, two, three, four, five. So I have five different follow-up questions here. Oh. And okay. based on the story that I just heard, I would pick one of these curious cards to play. And the person who shared the story picks from all of the curious cards played. So okay. if the three of us were playing, you both would put down a question that you're curious to hear more about from my story. Okay. So like these questions are, I'm curious, what it, what was it that allowed you to see the light at the end of the tunnel? Okay. Um, I'm curious, what was your gut telling you? I'm curious, how did you feel afterward? I'm curious, how did the, this moment change you? And I'm curious, is there a part of that story you forgot about. So the idea is you both put down a card and then I decide, okay, of those two cards that were put down, I want to pick this one, which is, I'm curious, is there a part of that story you forgot about? And then I would go deeper on my story with this prompt. Okay. So there's agency for me to say, I actually don't want to answer this other question. I want to answer this question. Um, but there's also a role that you all play in, yeah. in encouraging me to go a little bit deeper. Okay. And so you're probably not going to share something that you feel really guarded about, or you're just going to look at all the five cards and be like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like... It depends. It really depends. Okay. People, people end up surprising themselves on where they go. Um, and there's kind of like a culture that's created as they're working through the deck with just the group, the environment starts to kind of crack open okay. 
things and people end up saying they surprise themselves at how open they become. Okay. And thinking in the beginning that they wouldn't necessarily have shared that. And then all of a sudden they're they're crying all over the table. Yeah. They're crying. The deck gets wet. They start using it, you know, as, as, yeah, they're like using it as a tissue. They, which is good for us because then they have to buy more decks. Um, (laughs) We tried to make it, you know, malleable, but there's only so much crying you can do. And then you have to buy tissues with it. Yeah. Branded tissues. Yeah. That's the next version. (laughs) We're going to send tissues, branded tissues, together, together tissues, come with the deck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can see where like, this might be a great way to start a retrospective. Mm -hmm. Um, Assuming everybody, I, I'm thinking that I'd have to invite everybody and and ask them if they were willing to try it, not just like enforce it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. To make it safe, though, the whole idea is the environment needs to be psychologically safe. When Lee and I were talking about agile and the agile environment, facilitators, coaches, we feel like it it makes a lot of sense that this kind of really fits nicely into an mm-hmm. agile environment because the idea around making a team fit nicely together and feel cohesive and understand each other's perspective are all of sort of the same value system as what we're wanting to create out of this card deck, that they go hand in hand. Um, The idea of feeling safe to share and understanding who's on your team are all the same values that we want to create at the table when you're, when you're doing this card deck, right? You don't want to put somebody on the spot and make them feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, I'd like to go through an example in a second, but what about if I am somebody who's playing the game and someone is sharing stuff and it's making me feel like really uncomfortable? Like, Do you have a conversation Mm -hmm. up front about how like, you know, we're just going to respect everyone for what they share and thank them for it, regardless of what it is. We're not going to judge them. We're going to be open to that. And if we feel uncomfortable, maybe that's another thing to be curious about. Yeah. Leah, do you want to say something? I was just going to say that in our directions, we share a lot about um, the the storyteller shares a story inspired by the prompt. Um, It's a storyteller's choice on how deep, vulnerable, serious, or silly of a story they share. we talk about the fact that there's like no winners or losers. It's really about deeper connection. And um, the goal is to create a safe and open space where everyone can share their stories and get to know each other on a deeper level. But like ideally, and what we've seen as we've like played it and tested it, because we tested it for a while before we actually created the deck. Okay. Um, and what we've seen is like what Jesse said earlier, there's sort of a culture that gets created as people share. Um people do start to like play off of each other. And it is really okay. interesting to see how people soften. They're not always emotional answers. They're not always like things that, that trigger a heavy emotion. Sometimes they're just like really nice, like stories of memories or of moments that shape their perspective on something. And it gives people an aha okay. of like, Oh, that explains to me why you might do this. Or like that explains to me why you might have this perspective or um, why you maybe made that decision. So it's it's really important to know that yes, while it can potentially um, inspire certain emotions to come up, right. it's not always the case. Like it's sometimes really just an opportunity to think differently about how a moment impacted us or um, a memory that you haven't been asked about maybe ever. Like I, I, I have seen some people share stories that they're like, wow, I've actually never shared this story out loud like it's not like it's it's not like it's like deep and i've been keeping it a secret it's just that i've never even thought to tell this story before and so then you see like the smile or a smirk or you see um their face change as they like go back through that memory and you get to walk through it which with them which is like really cool and it's neat to see where people find the crossover the connection in those stories which is really it's really the goal that that jesse and i had with this okay and if you're if you're a leader or I can also see where if I was a scrum master, I might want to use it as a place to try to make myself vulnerable and humanize myself for the people that work with, right? Exactly. And that's what I mean by creating the culture. Okay. Right. So as a leader or a scrum master, you know, if you're willing to be 
vulnerable. Also, if you're giving people the ability to be curious, right, and in modeling or mirroring the idea of curiosity, you're Mm -hmm. creating a culture on a team where that is allowed to ask questions to go deeper. And hopefully that goes and stretches beyond the deck, right? So you also want them to get better at asking deeper questions on something they're working on, right? How do you know that you're not making assumptions? You get curious, right? You go deeper. And this is a learned skill for most people. So this is a great practice to do that. And that starts with whoever's kind of leading the team. Yeah. Okay. Same idea. And then one more question. If I'm assuming that if we're playing this game for real, like in person, and I have a reaction, like you just use the word triggering, if something happens, and I'm like, ah, or I'm like, you know, having a negative reaction to somebody's story, then the goal for me as a player would be to in, try to investigate why I'm feeling that way. Why mm-hmm. am I reacting this way? So it's it's not so much about what that person shared as it is. Well, it is about what they shared because I'm getting to know them better, but I'm also getting to know myself better. Right? Yeah. So there's there's two two sides to two sides to the cards uh, two sides to to the deck right you're you're not only getting to know each other but you're getting to know yourself okay. and that that makes for better people in general right yeah. better humans and and of course better teams and and a better gathering right? yeah. the better we know ourselves the better we show up and the better we are to each other so cool. that's great yeah awesome well can we play can we try Let's yes. Try All right. Let's try it. Let's see how to do it. Um, Jesse, what solutions do you have here? I well, real quick. I mean, let's see if we could just like, I've got it. We could ask Dave a question if he doesn't mind. And nope. then. Oh, yeah. We, and then you have curious. And, yeah. Yeah. And we can okay. have him pick through some. Be careful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Um, hmm. Don't ask me how I feel about improv. I know, right? <laughs> Throw that one out. Um, psh, I'm just kidding. Um, ooh, how about share a story about taking a wrong turn? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's however you interpret it, too. However you interpret it is the right way to interpret it. Taking a wrong turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing that comes to mind is that when I was growing up, from the time I was 12 until I was about 25, my plan was to work in music. And so that was my entire career path. So I was going to be a guitar player. I realized after one year of music school, like I don't have the skill or dedication and I'm not interested in doing it for eight hours a day. Um, so then I was going to work in recording studios and that is a horrible existence. And then um, I wanted to work at a record label, also horrible existence. And I, did, I had no idea what to do. Like I, this was my entire plan and my plan was failing and everything I tried to do, I was just terrible at. Um, and I was really lost when I was like 25. So I, I didn't know where to go and I had no backup plan. So I was just kind of floundering around. So mm-hmm. I guess that's probably my biggest wrong turn. Other than mm-hmm. a few people that I've dated, that's probably my biggest wrong turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow, I didn't know that. So that's really interesting. Okay. Wow, and even that story, which I tell all the time, made me feel vulnerable mm. and nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that you shared it because I, I didn't know that about you. Um, so, yeah, I'll tell you more in a second, but not now. Okay. Do you have a couple curious questions, Leah? I have, like, yeah, I have a lot of questions, but... Okay. Um. Should we just each put down one and he picks one or should we put down a couple and he picks one? 
I have two. If you want to do two, maybe. Two. Yeah. Okay. You do two and then I'll do two and you decide. And we can read them again since you don't have them in front of you to read because okay. I wouldn't remember if I didn't see I'll, them. I'll try to write them down. Go ahead. Okay. You want me to go first? Sure. Okay. One of my cards is, I'm, cu- I'm curious, what would you want us to take away from your story? Okay. Or, I'm curious, do you ever leave details of the story out because of fear of judgment? Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'll put them here for visual learners. Okay. Okay. And mine is, I'm curious, did you ignore any signs? Okay. And then, I'm curious, oops, what's the lasting visual? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I think the details, I'll do the, I'm, I'm going to try to go with the one that's going to make me the most vulnerable. Okay, which one is that? That's the details out of fear of judgment. So Ooh, the stuff that I, that I leave out, um, it, it was hard for me to admit to myself for, as somebody who plays music that I didn't, I think I was interested in it for the wrong reasons. Like when I, I took a class and this guy was like, I'm a professional musician. I make my living doing this. I play eight weddings a weekend. I was like, screw this. Um, I think the people that do that as a career, their love is of performing. Um, when I tried to work in the recording studio, the hardest part about that job for me was um, I was so bad at it. And I couldn't remember like really simple steps that you had to do to like set up the machines to do the recording and things like that. Um, and one of the engineers like sat me down. These are guys that like barely got out of high school. One of them sat me down. He's like, I don't understand this. You have a college degree. You're a smart guy. Why can you not remember these simple steps? And, um, I have a gluten intolerance, which I didn't know about at the time. And my entire diet consisted of bread and beer because I didn't make any money. So, Mm -hmm. um, and, and it really screws with your ability to remember any basic instructions of any kind. So. I, I was just, I felt like a complete failure the, the entire time. And I couldn't figure out like, why can I not, even when I write this stuff down, why can I not do this simple stuff? So it was a big self-esteem hit um, to be working in that field. And when I stopped working in the studio, um, I took a job as a temp at Blue Cross. And this woman, I was making copies of something. And this woman asked me what I did before I was a temp. And I actually started crying. Because I was so like damaged from the experience of working in the studio and how horrible I felt about myself. That that part I usually leave out. So good. So hard. So thank you for sharing. Here's the the thing that I'm wondering though. I say that in a room full of people that don't know me. That's I, I purposely tried to be extra vulnerable there, but that might make other people feel really uncomfortable. So I will tell you, usually what happens is they will have permission to open up okay. and they will feel so much closer to you, connected, want to tell you how they relate. Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Leah. As someone who comes from a background doing career coaching. So mm-hmm. I got into my work by way of working with that, like over a thousand career changers in three years, um, almost a decade ago now. And so many people are sold that we have this like linear career and it's just not reality. And also so many people that end up in corporate America are really creative at the core of everything. And there's this like deep seated shame in like one transfer to another, like whether it's um, they have felt a similar like quote unquote failure wrong turn to what you're feeling, or they feel like they lost their creativity in some moment of yeah. time and they like sold their soul and and like those things couldn't be further from the truth in some ways right because like what you did was not a wrong turn it was a learning lesson that led you to something greater and grander that you're like probably pulling learnings from still to this day yeah and like so many of us hide that because we're so afraid of judgment when in reality i would say probably the majority of adults have experienced some similar experience to you yeah and like need to see that in other people so that they know that they're also not a failure. They also shouldn't have that shame. Okay. And it's interesting 
in those moments where people share things like what you just did, it doesn't make people feel uncomfortable about what you shared. It makes them feel like, oh my gosh, I understand you so much better and I want to work with you in a new way. Um, sometimes we've seen people who maybe attention before now actually get along because they realize they have more in common than they realize. Okay. Um, and that's not every instance, but it's just like an example for you that like your story is really beautiful and like so many things that you learn from there with like your gluten intolerance and how horrible for someone to tell you, why can't you get this right? Like you had a, you had a degree in this, right? Like that's so yeah. mean. It's but so it's, interesting. Well, he was trying to be supportive. At yeah. The time. <laughs> it's so interesting too. Cause like, I'm thinking about how you record podcasts and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just, it's just fascinating. Cause here you are doing recordings all the time for years, Yeah, you know, and it, you know, we take you back to the story, right. Where you have this, this kid telling you, you know, why can't you do this? And meanwhile, you're doing essentially <laughs> using that part of your brain to do something yes. that crosses over, which is so interesting. Except too. I don't have to align the computer. I had to align the tape machines and that's what yeah. I was Yeah. Well, a little different, but yet but it still is, yeah, using do, that part of your brain. And I have a love for the, for the work. It's just that there's yeah. some parts of it that I just suck at. Yeah. Well, there's all of us have parts that we totally suck at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like there's so much I want to like ask and, and well, connect and with so, you. Like I, I have two 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 questions about this. So one mm -hmm. is, um, like Leah, with what you just said, that just triggered a thought in me, like, oh, there was actually a different wrong turn that I took. Mm. But then so if the scheme is going to work, people just can't go on like, uh, oh, let me tell you more about myself. And then you have to be able to take turns. Right. Do you also, if somebody shares something that's deeply personal, do you have to like reset for the crowd and say like, okay, now you can go as deep as you want. You don't have to go like into your dark, troubled past. You can share something surfacey if you want. Like, do people feel obligated to match what others have done? Um. I think there's there's always the the possibility that that could happen. Okay. Um, personally, I've not witnessed that happen yet. Does it okay. mean it hasn't happened without Jesse and I facilitating it? Um, but our hope is that whoever is facilitating is watching for that, okay, and, and and is monitoring that and is able to step in when they feel like it's getting unsafe and remind people that they shouldn't be competing for who's the most vulnerable. Um, but only sharing what they feel comfortable walking away with having shared, okay. right? Like you don't want to have to feel like you weren't able to repack whatever you just shared. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, as a facilitator, hopefully you are like going back to that point. It's like, go as silly or serious as you want to go. Um, and, and making sure that people do feel safe through that process. And, and I'm glad that you asked that question. Um, Jesse and I do that, but like, hopefully other people will will responsibly do that as well when they're yeah. when they're facilitating something like this okay um but as like you were saying you want people to have turns um the idea is that you're holding space for that story and then it is the next person's turn to go um it's not like like save the questions that you have follow-up questions and and have those afterward um okay. we had on on our instructions that like the game's over when you're ready to like ditch the questions and go have like a deeper conversation on your own. Um, okay. Or like it's, it's t when you feel like the questions are blocking you from having the deeper conversation you're ready for, you're ready to go have like lunch with your friends, like the game is over. Okay. Um, so yeah, we don't want people to just focus on one story, but to like pass it along. Okay. So would you mind talking a little bit about your dinner party thing? Cause I'm assuming this is how you kick that off then. It's actually how we run the whole dinner series. So okay. the dinner series is called The Traveling Table. Um, and I actually literally traveled around the country with a table that I built. Um, it, it was at the time a raw piece of wood that was like eight feet long that I put okay. into a trailer. And I was like, I, I needed my own personal healing from the pandemic and disconnection. Mm -hmm. And turns out that a lot of other people did too. Um, the hope was that it would create empathy for people with different lived experiences from your own and that happens and also at every single dinner 
someone brings up this feeling of disconnection from community. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I do for the dinner and how it's evolved, because it's changed a lot since I started it, is that I have prompts um, either from the stack or similar like spinoffs from it um, around the room. And I invite the guests to come in, pick a question that's like calling to their heart in that moment. Um, and they're, again, they're broad. They're just like open questions. You interpretate them how you will. Yeah. Um, interpretate them. That was an interesting version. Okay. Of it's good to invent oh. words. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, but they, they interpret the question to be whatever it feels right for them. Yeah. And then that's their question for the dinner. So they ask the question, answer it for themselves, and then they invite someone else at the table to answer it with them. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And then that person, after they answer the question they were invited to answer, they ask the question they pulled and they answer it and invite someone else. So it's really honestly self-facilitated. Okay. Um, I'm there to support and like bring people back and move people along if we need it. But really it ends up being like something that people engage in on their own. Okay. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So there's another aspect of this too, then that um, if you're the facilitator, like what you just said about the connection thing, maybe I'm somebody who just really wants to be in a room where people are creating that connection and sharing with one another and hosting that thing is the thing for you. Yeah. Right. That's so, a, that's a really good call out. Yeah. So you would participate as well, right? When you were. I did. Okay. It took me a while to be comfortable with participating because I have forever played this role of coach and facilitator and as you said before, you know, the, the traditional coaching model is you just say, uh-huh, tell me more, tell me more. Um, that's obviously not how Jesse and I facilitate or coach, but yeah. um, you do learn how to um, stay in that role. And okay. so um, facilitating the dinner series, I didn't anticipate also getting vulnerable and also feeling comfortable, un- uncomfortable with being vulnerable um, because I felt like I had to hold the space as facilitator. But what I learned was that as I opened up, others opened up, like either match me or went like went wherever they felt comfortable being. Um, So that was an important learning moment for me as a facilitator. Okay. So this is sort of a sidetrack, but I'm curious to hear from both of you on this as facilitators isn't being uncomfortable and sitting in that and being open to that part of being a facilitator? A hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think it's a huge, huge part of being a facilitator. I think uh, there's just, you know, what parts are you comfortable with and what parts are harder, right? Of your job. And, and then, starting again, that self-awareness, like, where does that come from? Why, why are the uncomfortable parts uncomfortable? And the more you understand that, the more you figure it out and become better at your job. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Can we try one more before we give them that, like maybe one of you? Sure. Sure. I don't know how this would work, but since I don't have cards, I guess one of you have to play for me, but. Yeah, maybe. I can ask you, Leah, because it's sure. kind of loud over here. Yeah, but also what we could do is I could not look at the curious cards and like hold them up and okay. you the ones you want to call yeah. out. Cool. Okay. Um, Jesse, you want to ask me a prompt? Yeah. As the people tear down the trees. In I front know. Of I'm yeah. sorry. It's so. <laughs> Goodness. It just keeps things interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Share a story about holding on. I'll put it up there so people can oh. see it. Share a story about holding on. Hmm. Holding on. And then I'm going to put myself on mute. That is a good prompt that I need to think about for a second. Um, okay. So, um, in 2020, I had a pretty traumatic eye surgery, detached retina that didn't go well. 
And uh, I was forced to work very differently than I've ever worked before. So I do a lot of um, in facilitation, a lot of like curriculum development work. And I was in the depth of writing this really big curriculum for a client when this happened. And uh, just because I had an eye surgery didn't mean I could walk away from finishing that. Um, so I had to edit curriculum by listening rather than seeing. And I have relied on my eyes for my entire career in ways that like, I'm a visual thinker, I um, visually interpret things, and they were such a big part of how I show up in, in my profession. Um, and so to learn how to edit and work using my ears instead of my eyes was incredibly challenging. Um, and I would say like, it was a hard, hard, hard transition. Um, but it was, I think, in the art of learning how to let go of who I used to be prior to and who I needed to become that I was able to step more into like who I really am and who I, who I really am as a, as a coach, a facilitator, as a person, as a friend, as a family member. Um, cause it really did impact all parts of my life. Um, it impacted like over overworking or over committing, um, and I was forced to to let those like perfectionism pieces of me go, um, not by choice. Um, and but yeah, I would I would say um, that would be my story on was it letting go, Jesse? Hold, holding on, Tom. Yeah. Holding on, yeah. That's yeah. So, yes, holding Makes on, sense. letting go. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I really held on hard to that persona. Yeah. Thank you for sharing yeah, that you. hard story. Okay. Um, all right. So can I ask, some... am I allowed to ask a question before we pick the curiosity cards? Sure. Why not? Were you like completely blinded or partially? Um, no, I wasn't. My right eye, um, I could not, it was so blurry. I couldn't see it. I had stitches in my eye. Oh. Um, and so like you couldn't wear contact. I couldn't wear contacts for like three months and I couldn't wear glasses because they weren't able to like fit me yet. Okay. Like I literally couldn't see the E on the thing. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't completely blind, but I couldn't use my eye. And then when I could, it was double vision. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Super fun. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Really hard. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. I can see one of them. All right. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. And what's, there was one, yeah, that's the one. Okay. All right. And I didn't see them, so I'll just I save them here. Uh, Let yeah. me know if you want me to put them back up for Can you. Can you put them up one more time? I picked, mm -hmm. I saw one of them that I wanted. Okay, I got that one. Okay. All right. Okay. That was the and one I've, I was looking for. All right. And I've got two. Um, oops. Okay. Should I put mine up first? So I, I want to I say one thing really quick before you do this. So this is a yeah. really tricky part of this game because my brain wants to go after one thing, but I think it's awesome that the way you're doing it People put up multiple options, and it allows the person who shared to pick the one that they want to answer. Yeah, our hopes is that it gives the storyteller teller agency. Yeah, to really cool. do what they need to do. Thank you. Um. So here are two from Melia. One was, "What gave you the courage to let go, hold on, or move forward?" I guess, however you want to interpret that. And then the next one is about the experience. What surprised mm. you? Or even what's surprising you now, maybe. Mm. However you want to interpret that one. And Thank the you. two I picked were, um, what did you need to unlearn? Mm. And the other one was, who do you wish was there? My goodness. I want to answer them all. Um, I won't. Um, 
I'm going to answer the question, uh, what gave you courage? Um, because actually what gave me courage is Jesse. Um, wow. We're going to get a little touchy feely here. Jesse has been such an amazing like friend, ally and colleague of mine. And I'm so grateful that we got to create this deck together because I don't think I would have survived fully like the transition as well as I did. Like she kept me sane and grounded and like checking in with me regularly when I was quiet. Like, you know, when your friends go quiet and you know, something's wrong. Um, I think, you know, she could see how I worked before and how much I was struggling to unlearn so much. Cause I did have to unlearn so much. Um, yeah, Jesse, Jesse was really what like kept me, um, moving forward and, and the courage there. Wow. Um, so I just, yeah, I figured bring it full circle there and, and, you know how we got here to these cards really truly is is through that relationship so that's great yeah Mm -hmm. this is a lot healthier than cards against humanity (laughs) (laughs) yeah a little different wow yeah you don't necessarily need to be drunk to play these (laughs) (laughs) and i would so I would imagine there's an extent to which that can help people open up, but also a point at which it becomes kind of not yeah. a good idea. Yeah, I mean... Don't break out a, the Jaeger. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to do any gold schlagers or anything to <laughs> to make this work. I don't know where I brought that up. Heck. Um... This is really, this is really cool. So if I was, I'm trying to think of like use cases. So I'm working with a team that's a new team. We could use it to try to get to know each other a little better, um, engage on a different level. If I was running a retrospective, I could use it to help kind of set the table in terms of how we're, the level at which we're going to interact, the honesty, maybe Mm -hmm. the people Mm -hmm. are willing to do it. When is a time that you've seen it not work? Like what kind of group would it not? be a good i mean i'm assuming like a round of executives who are totally guarded i probably wouldn't roll this out with them i think you you just again i think it's about setting setting the tone and setting setting the scene right you don't want to like force it upon people like we're gonna play together together yeah yeah Yeah. like yeah now yeah that would work yeah it's really just like any facilitation right you have to create an environment that doesn't feel um forced and it has to be safe so if you're forcing people to do something it's not going to work for any group executive you know to any any grandmas you know like knitting sweaters you know like it just doesn't it doesn't work, but it can absolutely work with executives if you're um, facilitating in an environment where they feel psychologically safe. And it can be amazing. If they're right. open to it, like you wouldn't want they're to, open um, to it. Yeah. People talk about inflicting coaching, like you're, you're not trying to do that. No, okay. no. And that's like, the question's really like, um, like if I pull more cards, it's like share a story about um what were you doing a year ago being helped um a silly rule you used to follow change you know like you really can go wherever you want with those it's not like show your deepest darkest shame no yeah and and we've seen (laughs) yeah we've seen people share like work stories that are like very like playful and silly and um and then we've seen people go really deep so it really can be a check-in it could be a team bonding experience it could be a resetting it could be an opportunity for like an innovation team to come together and share their different perspectives that they're coming from okay um but i mean think of it as like an opportunity for people to learn about the people that they're building with yeah and and really learn those strengths and and bond together okay and i'm assuming there's no time limit i mean you could do this for 20 minutes you could do it for a day if you want yeah okay Mostly we like to do it for a day, day and a half, and maybe like one or two bathroom breaks. That's 
<laughs> Until the smell is so overwhelming, you have yes. to stop. Like we get yeah. close to that subway, <laughs> New York subway station smell. Just bringing it Which full the circle. smell of comfort. Yeah, for Dave. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. We like to bring it to your comfort level, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. So, yeah. all right, if people want to purchase the game, I'm, I'm going to say it, but I'll put the URL in the show notes, gamecrafter.com slash games slash together dash two dash gather. <laughs> Perfect. Memorize that. <laughs> That's actually why we do it for a day and a half, just so they can memorize <laughs> the, the, name, right? the link. Yeah. Um, what if people wanted to follow up with each of you? Can you? Are you willing to share some contact information? Yeah, of course. Of so I'm at improveffect.com. And then you can also email me at jessie at improveffect.com or on Instagram, improveffect. So improveffect is pretty much okay. find me anywhere. And then I'll also be um, at a conference coming up in October in DC, Porto in okay. Portugal. And we'll be doing some of the Together Together Cool. Cards there. So, yeah, it should be really fun. All right. Thank you. And Leah? Um, I can be found at andhuman spelled out dot space um, and also on LinkedIn, Leah James. Leah's L I A. Um, I'm also on Instagram, either Leah James or under the traveling table. Okay. Um, so, that's how you find the, the dinner series. And then we also have an Instagram for Together to Gather. So, if you search, uh, together together on Instagram, you'll find us. Um, it's new, so help us grow it. And um, yeah, I think those are the, the main places to find us. I appreciate you making time for this, especially Jesse, since you're in the middle of the, yes. the, the after effects of the hurricane <laughs> and the guy who's trying to chop down all the trees. Yes. Yes. Sorry about the uh, oak tree no, chopping. It, it doesn't in the background. really come through very well. It didn't come through much at all. So I, okay. I, I'm just, I'm grateful to you for sharing this with me and for um, being willing to do it. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're grateful for you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. If you learn to work